Hi, Moki. And I'm Caddy, and this is Books, Cats, and Snacks. So during our midway check-in, because we read a book once a month, our book once a month, we have our own obsession, our own reads on the side, or, you know, our side piece, <laughs> our side chick. No. <laughs> so <laughs> during these episodes, we come and talk about it. All right, guys, just, just a quick spoiler alert. We will be speaking about books, not at length about them, of course, but there will be, we're going to pretty much give away the main points of each book. If you haven't read them, listen to them yet, you might want to skip this episode or it might intrigue you more. I always think it intrigues you more. I think because so. we give like little little tidbits. We don't give the whole thing sometimes. Right, but sometimes so it, we do give the yeah spoilers. Yeah. So. yeah, there may be some strong themes. I'm not sure about mine. Not so much, and maybe yours. Always, there may man. Be some, yeah, there are going to be strong <laughs> themes in this one. Language, you know, <laughs> horror, cult, joining. You know, this one. Or, this one is just know. mine. Just about a crime. So okay, not, well, not horror typical. as much. Yeah. So yeah, typical. Okay. <laughs> but let's start with your cat story, though. We always do a cat story. Yesterday, I got okay. one for you. So I freaked out because Oreo was throwing up. Oreo Aww. threw up twice yesterday. And I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God. I called Chris and I was like, babe, like Oreo's throwing up. I'm going to take it to the vet. I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. She's old. Now at this point, I'm. it's just me being super like sensitive because now that she's, she's going to be 11. She's a senior cat. And now everything she does, I'm like, oh my God, is this it? Is this it? You know, oh, like no. I just, I need to stop. I need to calm down and think about these things. And I'm just like, oh, I can't help but think about it. My old baby, old girl. Guys, it turns out that Oreo doesn't chew her damn food. Uh-uh. When she eats it, she just throws it back like a duck. Uh-uh. And so that's, <laughs> she just over, like over, like she stuffed herself. Like she ate too fast. And there you go. Like a toddler, I swear. So <laughs> yesterday, I'm like, all right, Oreo, come on, let's go put you in your bed. I put her in her cube so that way she could rest, you know, her tummy. And then I go and see the other one because the other one is out. And I was like, you know what? You need to stay in the room because if you come out, Oreo has to be, I don't want you to get it too. So you need to stay in here. <laughs> and it's like I'm a mom with two toddlers. Like one's throwing up and one's like, I want to play. I'm like, no, not right now. Okay. <laughs> you still have your youth, Prios. You still have your youth. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I think I was sitting on the couch and then Oreo just like had like a stretch of the zoomies and she came and like jumped in my lap and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess you're feeling better now. I, I just freaked <laughs> out for nothing. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's just me. But hey, you know, you're, you're a pet mama and it tends to happen. It just scares me sometimes and I just think because if it was Cree, I probably wouldn't be as, I'd be like, oh, you over eight, you fool. Not that I don't care about Creos, but it's just with Oreo's age, it just scares me, you know. Right. They're your pets, they're animals. They can't talk, they can't tell you hey, my kidney hurts, or hey, you know, like, right, you know, yeah. this and this hurts. So you got to kind of be their advocate for them. And I know one day it's inevitable, but oh, freak out. But we're not, we're not doing that today, so. No, she's okay. fine today. She, we're, we're doing a Zoom call, you know, for with Oki and sickness and stuff. And Oreo already mooned out about three or four times already, so. Yep. So let's move on to our midway check-in books. Do you want to start with yours first? Sure. Okay. So my book is called Goodbye Things, The New Japanese Minimalism. Goodbye Things. Goodbye That's Things. That's pretty awesome, actually. It sounds Goodbye, comma, thing. It's by Fumio Sasaki, and it's translated by Eriko Sugita. This book was published on April 11th of 2017. It is 259 pages. So you can get like a hardcover, I believe, at, I think you get a hardcover at Target. But right now, Kindle has it for free with an Audible membership. 
So oh, I, cool. I looked, yeah. So I looked into it, and if you do, you guys, this book is great. So if you have an Audible right now, it's that time of year where you kind of want to renew, do things differently. I definitely recommend this book. So if you have Audible, it's for free. Go on and check it out. It's really, it's really good. And I really like this because the author is the main character in this book. So he kind of just tells you little things about how he found his way of minimalism. The reason it's called the new Japanese minimalism, I'm, I'm, to my opinion, is that I think it's you kind of find your own minimalism. It's not just like, here is the way you're going to do it. Here's the way you have to do it. You have to live by this set of standards, which means you have one pot, one spoon, and one pair of clothes, and that's all you need for life. He talks about minimalism being different for every individual. Like that may be okay for you, but for someone else, minimalism may be, instead of having four fur coats, you only have the one, and that's your minimalism. Finding your own like center, finding your own state of, mind getting rid of things to bring your own happiness he tells you about his life in japan how he was going like he had a very like an item-centric life you know like the biggest tv will be better and it's always about once i have this i'll achieve Im- immediate happiness kind of materialistic very materialistic way right. of looking at it you know once i have the amazing car you know the classic story of when is more enough like when will right. i find that you know when you keep chasing all these things when in reality it's not that at all. Your happiness kind of comes from within and like the little features, you know, and he's not saying, Hey, don't go buy that TV. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, does it truly, is that truly the minimalist life? Does it bring you joy? Like kind of that, that kind of way of thinking about it. When he's like, no, for me, it wasn't. I realized what was I, what the hell was I chasing? He goes, there's so many things in my house that I have not looked at, picked up, even thought about in like three years. Why, why do I need this? Why do I have this? So he tells you his tips, his his way of kind of looking at it. And it's really a new way of thinking about it. Because when I think of a minimalist, I think of like a guy sitting in his house with like no chairs, no furniture. He just kind of like sits on the floor because that's where his center is. This guy with his kind of, he's a, you know, a bit younger. I think he's in his 40s at this point talking about it and telling you it's okay to have things. Like it's okay for you to want certain things, but just don't let those certain things to find you just don't let those certain things be the only thing in your life like realizing your boundaries yes when it's enough yeah when it's enough enough you know he's like don't take it to a point where it's not you work hard you make money you want to spend it in the way that you want to he's like so why not buy those things but just don't let it take over your whole world or don't let it define you as a person having all these things doesn't make you a better person Right. It doesn't, it, it, you don't contribute to society having a 60 inch TV. You know what I mean? Right. Yes, it's great. It's wonderful to have, but it's not, it's all be But all. if that's like your thing and that's what you yeah. really yeah, yeah. makes you happy about it, mm-hmm. you just need to know your limit and your boundaries. But it's interesting you're saying all this to book lovers here because <laughs> we're so known to just having endless piles of tbr books you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah and yeah. even though you have all these books at home that every intention to read mm-hmm. do you go and get more books absolutely <laughs> but i have to admit this year i was like you know what and i told myself i was like i have so many books i have my cart of this is my tv red cart i have a cart y'all <laughs> yeah. i have a tv red cart until june i'm gonna give myself till june i need to read x amount of books by june if i do not then i'm not allowed to buy any so, you know, if I read a few of them, those are my, my check-ins or just my for funds. 
you know, that way I don't accumulate so many, then it's just going to go for that three, four year thing of me not reading them. And, yeah. you know, it's not good to my bank account, number one. And also it's not good for the book. Like I'm missing out on a wonderful experience. I'm not giving it a shot because I just keep. I love that we, as much as everyone else too, mm-hmm. we treat these books as like with feelings, like, they, yeah. like the books have feelings. Like, I'm yeah. so sorry. I haven't gotten to you yet. I'll get to you. Yeah. And we like, imagine like the books looking at us like, how about me, you guys? What's yeah. wrong with me? <laughs> It's true. Yeah. We all think this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I need to give them care. Especially when you get one and like it's all bent and stuff. I'm like, oh, come on, y'all. Don't. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like Look, when when I ordered Arsenic and Adobe for us to yeah. read, I think this past yeah. November, I posted about it on Instagram. Like it was all butchered and half torn, but I, I felt like it was like an injured being and I felt so bad for it, but I'm going to still read you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to have my library. Like it's a library. It's this amount of minimalism work for him going down to the bare essentials for him. Another form of minimalism may be you have a backpack and that's it. That's all you got. That reminds me of that George Clooney movie. I think oh. up in the air or something. Is and he's crazy? like a motivational speaker. The one with Anna Kendrick. Oh, and yeah, his yeah. his niche is what's in your backpack? How heavy is his backpack? And I thought that was pretty interesting. I really, really like that. And that's based off a book too. Uh, like I said, I'm slowly starting to get rid of things in my house, like little by little, because I realize I am a hoarder. Like I buy random crap for no reason. Like, especially when it comes <laughs> to, like beauty stuff. Oh my God. I cleaned it up. Like I literally have the bare minimum, the bare necessity of my face products. Oh, a quick little story for you guys. All right. So when I started the new year, I was like, you know what? I, I need to be better about like my me time, like my self-care. Plus, the wedding's coming up and I don't, you know, I want to kind of manicure myself a little bit more. You know, fair enough. Because I like the me time. Like, it makes me feel good. Well, self-care like, I like doing is very it. important. Exactly. However way you want mm-hmm. to do your self-care. Yeah. Exactly. So I started on down the rabbit hole of these beauty products on Instagram. Of, you know, you wash your face, of course. You do the serums. You do this. You do that. So I decided to do this and it, I like burned my face. Oh, no. What? Yeah. Like I had like rough patches on dry rough patches on my face from all the products I was using. It had like oh, the adverse man. effect on me. And at first it was fine, but I didn't have any issues with it. But over time I was like, oh my God, why is my face burning? I was like, am I allergic to something? Like what's going on here? Why? So I got rid of all of it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start completely new. I don't, because I kept taking away piece by piece by piece of certain mm-hmm. products that like new products I was using. And it still, it still happened. Like oh, to the man. point where I got rid of everything and my face was still like wrecked. So for oh. like a week I was using like just basic face wash and I realized like oh my god I like really overdid it with this stuff so I was just like now it's just a back to just moisturizer like a very light serum that I use maybe once every couple days and this I'm like I I am not one of those girls I could do like a a 10 piece night routine I cannot my my skin (laughs) cannot handle it so bless you if you can man You, you girls and your things you know you guys look beautiful so I was like, this is a sign. Like, it truly is too much stuff. It's kind of like you going back to being minimalist with your skincare routine. Instead of using all these extras, you actually mm-hmm. went down to, like, the foundation of what you really need. But one more time, the book is called Goodbye Things, The New Japanese Minimalism. So definitely check it out, you guys. And I think you can find the book at Target for, like, I think it's 17, 15, 17 And then, of course, you can get it if you have Audible. So it's nonfiction, but he writes about his personal approach to it. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. A special coach. And uh, you guys, I definitely want you to read it because he is great. He's really great. Like the way he talks about it, just kind of he's talking to you like a friend, kind of just like a dude just talking to you. And I like it. Right. I really like his personal experiences with it. And you feel good because you, you realize his journey of coming to now that he's truly happy, like centered, like he's a happy individual. It was quite a journey with other aspects of his life happening. And you feel good, like you're happy for him. Like it's triumphant. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah, a really so. positive book. There's an Instagram account that I follow and it's all about her like kind of minimalizing her house, only having certain amounts of things in her home. And she had posted about this book and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. I'm gonna check it out. And so sure enough, I was like, oh my God, yes. Because she kind of follows that mantra of trying to get everything together. I'm trying to think about what I really hoard, which is books, stationary stuff, like notebooks and pens. Yeah, (laughs) that's mainly it. I'd like, I don't do shoes. I don't do makeup. So not really. Or clothes, really. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's me, you guys. (laughs) Yeah, mine is definitely, I have too many books. I have. I got rid of all my skincare stuff. Nail, <laughs> my nail polish, polish my nail polish. And I haven't used some of them in a long time. I'm thinking, honestly, you're going to flip. I'm thinking about like getting rid of the old ones. <gasps> I really think I am. What? I know. Alrighty. So let's shift over to my book for this midway check-in. Mm-hmm. So mine is the opposite <laughs> of yours. Mine is just uh, about a crime, actually. Okay. So the book is called Death by a Million Paper Cuts by Killian Dunn. It's his debut novel. It was published last year, October 7th, 2022. This is a short book. It's not necessarily a novella, but it's a it's a pretty short book. I like that name, Killian. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Okay, so the book, it's really about like one crime, but the crazy part about it is when you read this book near toward the end, there's no big conclusion to it. Like you don't get the satisfaction you want, but then you realize the book isn't about the crime itself. I mean, it is. It centers around this one crime, but let me get into it. It's about this prestigious New England boarding school, but it's really about a couple. There's a guy named Samuel Windsor. He's like the, he started off like a professor at other boarding schools, but now we're we're here at Oxworth where he's a big time, big dude guy. But the story really follows the wife. Her name is Lucy Windsor. Okay. And they have two like middle school age girls. She's your typical stay at home wife, mother, and they live on campus. You know, it's just, is this a present day or is this like yeah, pretty pretty oh, much yeah. Okay. It's actually based on a true story. I don't oh. know what story it's based on. Okay. Um, I get to interview the author at one point, but later on in a few weeks, and I I'll dive in then. But it's really being told through Lucy, through okay, the, wife. the wife. You get introduced to kind of this really, this rich world of boarding school and mm-hmm. and uniforms. And when you talk about this, I think of school ties. Yeah. Yeah. Like school <laughs> oh, ties. I love that movie. God, that movie is Guys, so good. It's so hot. <laughs> I was young. I was like really young. And I was like, Brr! I was like, I was in love with all of them. Oh my gosh, yes. I was oh like God. that with the uh, Dead Poet Society too. Ooh. I was like, oh, oh yeah. 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 I, was, I was like, well, damn. I want to go to boarding school in New England. Right? These boys are beautiful. Yeah. So Lucy gets approached by these two detectives. Pretty much they're telling her like, hey, your husband, Samuel, 
is being accused of rape, but throughout his years at different boarding school. And these girls are coming around and telling their stories. And then we find out that he he's just one of those professors where all the girls gravitate toward him, mm-hmm. like all the young mm-hmm. girls. He's always surrounded by that. And of course, mm-hmm. you and I, when we hear or read something like that, we're like, yep, this is... Yep. This is mm-hmm. very predatory behaviors. He, it's all about him being in control and power. But us reading this book through the eyes of Lucy, you see the unraveling of her trust in her husband. Like she's starting to doubt him. She's starting to realize certain things that he does. Oh, that's, you know, that's not what it's supposed to be. And then we find out also that she married, when she married him, she was a really young girl as well. So, I was just going to say yeah. that. I was up at, she was one of his victims as well. Of course. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the beginning, she's really doubtful. Like, this can't be happening. Like, it's almost kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Like, she doesn't want to talk to the detective. She doesn't want to kind of face it. Because, of course, when you when it's something like this, your whole world falls apart. And then you're, like, thinking, now what? Like, everything that you've built yeah Yeah, but also like everything's gonna change obviously the family's gonna break apart she has to think about money she has to think about all these things and of course in this world in this type of scenario reputation is a huge deal oh i'm gonna say a little bit more spoilers here just fyi so then she confronts her husband Mm -hmm. and he's like oh yeah i've known these accusations for a year now and i've been trying to figure this out and I was like, what? So it's not like a surprise to him that these girls are coming out of the woodworks. You know, like he mm-hmm. knew he was expecting this. And of course, he has this very dominant, this very like, but also like, I'm so victimized. Like, this is not true. You know, it's a power struggle. And it's all about that narcissism within him. But what I enjoy about this book is not, it's not really about him. And unfortunately, it's not about the victims or the girls either. It's really about Lucy and her change of demeanor of this timid housewife that that lives this picture-perfect life that gets interrupted by this, which is necessary. And her becoming stronger and stronger and her becoming more bold. Like, she becomes bolder. The she way she aware. Talks, yeah, the way she talks to her husband, she's not going to just kind of take it. She's confronting him. She's kicking him out the house. Things yeah. like that. She's not like, yes, dear. She's like, you can fuck up my house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really interesting to read because she seems like this kind of, like I said, timid character. And then mm-hmm. throughout the book, she does do some cussing and the way her train of thought. You're like, damn, okay, she's she's gaining ground here. To me, this story seems very typical, Mm -hmm. but yet kind of necessary to continue having, you know? Yeah. And it's also when they do it from a different point of view, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just going through Lucy's experience throughout the whole book. And as much as you want to focus on the victims or focus on his character, it's truly about how she deals with things and the outcomes and how she's real concerned about her kids and things like that. The writing of this was very enjoyable. The formatting of the book was a little different for me, just the way it's formatted. Not that it's wrong or anything like that. It was just kind of different. But I thought the author, Killian, did a pretty good job about diving into her mindset of throughout this whole thing. 
So that book is called Death by a Million Paper Cuts by Killian Dunn. I think it's his only book at the moment. Well, because it was just published this past October, yeah. but it's yeah. definitely his debut novel. Like I said, it was based on a true story. I don't know what story, but it seems like there'll be plenty of different stories that are very similar that it can be based on because it seems like such a like a typical story, sadly. Yeah, unfortunately. Maybe it's a maybe it's not a professor, maybe it was like a teacher, maybe it's a okay. coach. Most likely set in that world of boarding yeah. school, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. I really, really enjoyed it. I it was read pretty quickly because it's a, such a short book. That was my pick for the midway check-in. And that's it for today, guys. We normally have like a quiz or a trivia and things like that, but Yeah, we normally go all out. Right. But it's been a ra- it's been a rough couple of weeks. You know, yeah, especially for Oak. and She's especially with recording separately and stuff, and we don't work together anymore. I keep saying that though, like every other episode. She misses me, y'all. No, she's been <laughs> sick, and I know I've been. And it's I know it was difficult for her to finish a couple episodes. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, so know. we'll get there. We'll get there, guys. We'll get back, we'll to, get our back to our yeah to our groove. Regular schedule so. programming. <laughs> you know of our shenanigans right. or maybe some people are like oh thank god they're not doing the damn quiz this no, time no <laughs> the quizzes are fun you guys okay fun well at least it's fun for me so and it's fun for us yeah All right. I do love finding random crap I'm like what's <laughs> I'm gonna stump her this time it's not like oh she's gonna love this I'm like I'm gonna give her pass this time that's yeah, really yeah, that's how we approach it. Absolutely. Yep. 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 So we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. This was going to be books, cats, and Oreo. Rare. Rare. Rare.